Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prom, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez, and this week's guest is Rathina Gomer. Uh, this is also our one-year anniversary. We started, uh, actually, not today. I think, like, the 21st of last year is when our first official show was. But it was the week, like, days before uh, Thanksgiving. So, uh, to anybody that's been listening from the beginning, thank you. Our new listeners, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you guys are finding some of this information useful. That is the intention of this show. I have admittedly put misinformation out there before. I am trying to correct that. So if anybody comes back and says, you said this before, uh, eat it. Because I've covered most of it if I could, if I remembered it. Um, but we talk a little bit about the Drift League, uh, her personal program, and the Drift League Light. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. And one more thing. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hello. Yellow. Hi. What? Do you always hit the volume button every time you get on? Yes. I think uh, I finally figured out what that was. Everybody does it. And I was like, what? I'm always <laughs> like, what's that clicking? Oh, you can hear that? It's weird. I know. <laughs> what's up, man? How's everything? Pretty good. Just been baking pies all day. Uh, I can imagine. I saw that you had that thing going on with uh, Wisdom. <laughs> that actually looks pretty cool. And my mom makes yep. that too. But uh, not going to lie, yours looks prettier. <laughs> but I'm all about baking the funk. I know. I have like a buddy of mine who like, he always does like presentation, whatever he cooks. It could be fucking bacon and eggs. And it has to look. Dude, pre- I'm the same. Plating <laughs> I matters. I, not to me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, what's up? how's everything? How you been? Uh, I have been doing okay. I don't know if you knew, but I ruptured a disc in my lower back. Oh no, you did know. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know the details Facebook. of it. Yeah, I didn't oh, know the details. Yeah. So you still got that pimp limp? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. It's still there. Um, so that that happened in the beginning of October. What is it now? Mid November, late November. So it's been about six weeks off, and um, looking like I still got about six more weeks to go until hopefully a full recovery. But okay, but a, might but they said need surgery. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. But I'm trying to do the self healing route. But it was actually pretty advanced, like, like pretty bad. And everyone I've been talking to you is telling me just get surgery but since i'm in my 20s i'm trying to not go that route yeah that so, makes sense we'll see i know i my back remember that accident i got into last year yep mm-hmm. my back hasn't really hurt lately but then again it's barely starting to get cold again so we'll see how that goes you should go get it checked out because my MRI, people are asking me if I've ever been in a serious accident because of how extreme it is. And I've been like trying to think, and I'm like, honestly, I don't know. But maybe it's, when I, you hit crash into Nick worse. or Nick crashed into you, blame him. <laughs> no, I was just yeah, talking crap to him online. <laughs> I'm going to blame him. I can't bring that up around him. He gets, he gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I <laughs> like know. legit, like he takes it way too seriously, and I'm like, dude, I'm just just joking. I love Nick. <laughs> I do too. Um. So, other than the pimp limp and baking, mm-hmm. what are what are we doing? What's uh? I know you've been working on a lot of stuff, like 
obviously you haven't posted about it. Um, is yeah. there anything we can talk about, like projected dates maybe for the Drift um, League? I have a hard time talking about dates simply because they're not approved yet and like anything can change. Yeah, but we so, also, I think most of us know what <laughs> preliminary means. Yeah, but it's not even quite there. I mean, it, it really comes down to us getting, or I, I should say, Irwindale get, giving us the approval. The dates are sitting on their desk. It's just now we're waiting for the yes or the no. Okay. Um, I, if we do stick to the schedule that we are pitching, it would essentially, the season would start in April and the rounds would be every other month. Okay. And sticking to a four-round schedule. So that's that's the idea, to give everyone at least, you know, a month in between each round and start in April and then, I believe, October it is. But I can't give you dates yet because that could change. Yeah, no, that's understandable. But that's it's better than, so as of right now, might be April, June august shoot it could be march could be could dude be i freak i hope not <laughs> i hope not i hope it's I mean, not that's what happened to us last year dude. like i had pitched certain dates and mm-hmm. then and then like some conflict came up and that's why we ended up having to change our what was supposed to be our april date to or our may date to march i hope they don't do you dirty um, and be like uh hey we want you to do the same weekend as ls fest well, that's what happened last year, and that's why we had to change our schedule. It was LS Fest conflict. Yeah, that's... I actually was shocked that LS Fest changed their schedule this year, because I'm supposed to be in Hawaii the last week of April. <laughs> Dude, I'm in Hawaii the first week of April. Well, and, oh. Yeah, I know. Ooh. Yeah, I know. You might miss the Drift League. <laughs> I'm not going to miss it. I'm only going through the 6th or the 10th. I just know that April's probably going to be a real expensive month for me because what do you have? So possibly, I know. Oh, so you just narrowed that date down. Um, <laughs> the weekend I get back from Hawaii is FD Long Beach. I'm gonna, I always go to the opener. Um, then two weeks after that, or is it a week after that, is um, LS Fest. And then potentially yeah, the week LS before Fest that is, is the last week. And potentially the week before that is going to be the Drift League potentially nothing set in stone yet obviously maybe uh, we'll see but damn holy shit that's gonna be super yeah expensive. april's gonna as be long as crazy. i can recover from it in like may it'll be all right we'll see <laughs> maybe if i can get some sponsors to jump on board so i don't have to spend so much money during the off season i think i'll be okay yeah it's true you better be hustling i am i'm this working is the time it is the season it is the season. Like, I had so coming into SEMA, I had a goal of 30 meetings. I was like, okay, if I can hit 30 meetings this week, I'll feel good. That's and a lot. So dude. I ended up with, yeah, it is a lot. But I, I was focused. I'm like, there's no messing around this year. It's, it's we're we're taking the drift league to the next level, and that is going to take time and commitment. You know. It was it was stressful. There was a lot of time running around, or I should say, scooting around because I rented a mobility scooter. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I think I hit 35 meetings, something like that. And then um, I've now learned, I think this is my sixth SEMA. Mm-hmm. Um, after the last few years, I've learned to do my follow-ups two weeks post-SEMA just because everyone's doing follow-ups and recovering from SEMA immediately after. And, um, yeah, I did my, all 35 of my follow-ups within the Monday and Tuesday of the two weeks after, which was a crazy time too. Cause each email, it's not like a copy and paste. It's like have to, I take, I wish I could show you my notepad right now because I take very extensive notes on each of the meetings I have. So I don't forget anything or like little details that I've talked to sponsors or potential sponsors about. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty intense. It, this month has been intense. And I was at SEMA for nine days straight. I was in Vegas for nine days straight. So I was exhausting. I'm still exhausted. <laughs> um, oh, just out of curiosity, that, that you know of, are we going to be thrown again together with uh, the Burnyard Bash or anything Hoonigan related? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, to be honest, that was not really like a push on our end or Hoonigan's end necessarily. No, I, I understand it just, why it was done. Um, yeah, it, I don't It was know. a distraction. I don't know. Not a yeah, distraction. So, it was a... Mm, I don't know. How do I, I don't know no, the right word to I use. I mean, I think it was just... it was. It's hard to coordinate a lot of different things going on. Like, on paper, it all looked like it was going to turn out great. It's like, okay... We're going to open up the venue to drifting on the big track and then Burnyard Bash out in the parking lot. And then we're going to have a car show and then we're going to have drag racing. And it's like, there's only so many minutes in a day, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can't have everyone be able to do all things. And it was just challenging to be able to get everyone's schedules in sync because everyone has a lot of things they need to do for their own programming. Like we can't cut you know, seat time short for the drivers or really move competition earlier so that we can, you know, accommodate the other schedule. It it was just challenging. Like it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just, there was just a lot going on. So I don't know that that that's going to be happening. If it does, you know, we'll, we'll figure out some solutions and if Mm -hmm. it doesn't, then we'll also have other solutions. So, which we're already being proactive about. So, one of the things that we're looking to do for 2020 with the Drift League that's going to be new, um, so the first two seasons, so 2018 and 2019, I think we did a pretty kick-ass job at setting you know, the tone of the brand and you know, getting the competition format down and the driver experience to a pleasant place. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's going the 2020 onward is going to be really focusing in on the vendor and spectator experience and not to say that the driver experience is going to suffer we're just going to continue to improve on that but now that we're in our rhythm but the driver is kind of like already set in motion yeah that's what, yeah, rhythm, exactly rhythm. exactly okay so yeah that makes sense. so we're going to be focusing on the vendor and spectator experience a little bit more and so we know where our strengths are you know and we know where our weaknesses are so We've already started conversations with uh, an existing car show brand. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not announcing anything like I, until it's like, I learned not to announce 
announce anything unless like a contract is signed or yeah, we I've have that, at least I've a handshake going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but or so even to mention like uh, to mention something is kind of rough. Yeah, it's hard. So that's why I'm being very vague. But we are working with an existing car show brand to uh, in partnership with the Drift League. Okay. So it'll look like how you know what FD does. There's a car show element, and so essentially focus on and have a goal of bringing in three to four hundred cars into the venue each round. I say a goal because, you know, obviously that's what our capacity is and there's no way for us to know on a first go round on how many cars we can actually bring out. But Mm -hmm. three to four hundred cars is the goal and then that should bring in over a thousand, you know, people into the venue. So that will help. So there are things we're, we're really working on and focusing on that will help the overall experience grow. Okay. Um, with, but with that, like that might even get you to get your own weekend. If you have that whole pitch, which I assume has already been thrown to Irwindale, but you're like still a whole entire, like Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> not necessarily Saturday, Sunday uh, thing. No, but just like your whole, instead oh, of like the Hoonigans like without, being there. Yeah. Right. Because that, for from like my perspective, it took so much away because you gotta remember like, okay, so here's the Hoonigard Burnyard Bash, here's the parking lot where everyone needs to park, and it's like, hey, you're gonna go watch drifting that you've been watching these guys, you know, burn tires all day. You're gonna, or you're just gonna go back in your car and go home. Right. That's how I saw it. Um, and then, you know, like the rowdiness that Hoonigan has, they kind of put on a big show. You know, it's. It's uh I I hard to put it into words. They just kind of offer what somebody else is looking for. What, I guess what like the mainstream is looking for, as opposed to like right. a competitive drifting um, deal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all important to have. Like, it's just again, it's like there's only so many minutes in a day, so it's like how yeah. do we all work together on our schedules? And that's I think the biggest challenge. You know, I was trying to figure out, too, is, like, they have, like, their maximum destruction nights. And those things, like, sell right. out. And, like, all I see is an Instagram post about it. Like, I, that's that's right. the most I see. Like, so. But then again, that show's been around forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, with that, uh, what else did I have questions about? So, oh, uh, rule book. Yes. Stuff we need to know. Uh, I know it's not in writing anywhere yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's still being discussed. I don't actually anticipate many big changes, to be honest. Okay. Um, we've talked about Hans devices. I don't know where our team is on that. But that's really, I think, if anything were changes that would be big, that would be the big thing. Okay, and then what about the uh, bell housing situation? Bell housing. Remind me. Blowproof bell housings. SFI bell housings. Oh, when you, you blow like clutches up? Yeah. So, I don't think we're going to be... I need to look through their what they updated, because obviously we're not going to be doing everything. Yeah. I imagine that we're going to be probably like a year behind what they do always 
just because of the nature of our, you know, where we're at versus where they're at. I don't know. That's a conversation we need to have. Obviously, the new FD rulebook just came out. Was it last week or earlier this week? Yeah. So we haven't had a chance to discuss well, as a team what we're going to do. But yeah. again, I don't anticipate like that being implemented next year. Oh, okay. Because some people are losing their shit over it. I know. Like even like the data tracking and stuff. Like I don't envision us doing that anytime soon. I don't <laughs> see. I don't think any of the cars. <laughs> that have competed at the Drift League are doing that. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> Even when, like, the Sorensons were there and they had, like, the biggest budget that we knew of, I don't think they had all that fun stuff. No, no, I don't think so either. Um, excuse me. So, no new rules uh, that you know of. Code of Conduct change at all or were, were we good that last <laughs> I year? I hope not. Um, we did have to have one disciplinary meeting um, which sucked but that was it. There was nothing like everyone was pretty good. Okay. I mean like I've had to have lots of conversations with people but I haven't had to like enforce anything which is good. Which means, like, there's a lot of mutual respect going on with everyone. But, like, there's been so many situations, like, where I've just had to have uncomfortable conversations. And it's, like, challenging in the sense because this year was an unusual dynamic because, you know, as the director of the Drift League, it's, like, I have to be wearing my leadership and management hat and then... Like, a week later, I'd be a driver at Top Drift, and then, like, a friend or peer with the same person I was just managing. And it's, like, really hard to switch back and forth. I mean, I don't really have a problem with switching back and forth, but I think certain people have a hard time dealing with that transition. Because, like, they can't compartmentalize it? Yeah, like, it's almost like when I put on the that leadership hat, when I'm at the Drift League, they perceive me as being, like, a dick when I'm enforcing rules. And it's like, no, like, I'm being a dick because I care. You know, I could care about your safety and I care about it being fair. I don't see it, I like, as about... being a dick. You're just enforcing a rule that it's written. Like, whether you wrote it or not, um, it's still part of the rule book. We all get it. I think it's, I mean, not to get into this huge, like, complex about it all, but it's also different because I'm a woman, like <laughs> it very well like, could be it very well could be i, I... it's it's just harder because i can't be like super sweet to people when i'm trying to enforce rules it's not like i can't be like oh my gosh gerald like can we can we talk on the side you know so great that you're trying to do this but can you try it this way it's like no you're not a kindergarten like, teacher <laughs> right like i can't yeah. i don't have time for that nobody has time for that and so <laughs> if i have to yell at someone you know, because I'm across the way and we only have five seconds to communicate and that's what I have to do. Yeah. And it's just funny because I like people will come up to me later and be like super apologetic about something I don't even remember. They're like, oh, my gosh, Rathina, I'm so sorry. You know, I did this, this and this. You were like super pissed. I'm like, honestly, don't even remember. Don't even care. I'm not that emotional about it. Like, yeah. 
just trying to keep the show moving. <laughs> no, that's understandable. And then with that, I kind of wanted to get into like uh, track etiquette. And um, I'd like for you to give some things maybe you've personally went through. Maybe, you know, I don't, you don't have to mention names. I understand that the person, if they listen to the show, they will know it. You're talking about their situation. Um, right. I, don't, I don't know if you're cool with that, but without naming any names, if you want to like, just, I don't know, any issues you've ran into, whether it be you at the Drift League, dealing with it personally, seeing it at Just Drift or anything, you know, from FD. Yeah, so, okay, so... I always tell stories I'm happy to share. Um, There was an instance where there was a team that I was dealing with, and it it wasn't the driver. It was someone that was affiliated with their team, you know, helping them out for that round. And um, that team member had no idea, like, who I was. They just thought I was, like, some random person in a golf cart. Anyway, (laughs) I was going around and trying. It was in the middle of top 16, and this driver had driven off the track, and their battle was up next, and we had no idea where they were. So we literally had to pause the show, you know, and that's very hard to do. Like, I know, like, a lot of drivers sometimes don't realize the impact that has, but it's like we don't have a Megatron or Jumbotron where we can play commercials and keep people entertained. Like if we have a lull in the show for even a couple of minutes, people will get up and leave. So it's like, okay, we got to keep it going. And on top of it, we have to keep it fair. So like if, if one, if we give a team like a five minute break, you know, just because they decided to go off track, then I have to be willing to do that for everybody. I can't make exceptions for anybody. Yeah. So, like it's there's just like a lot of complexities to it all so anyway this driver had driven off and i was trying to get them back on track and um this is prior to our mandated hot pit rule this is the reason why i say this in every driver's meeting that hot pits are mandatory Mm -hmm. and so anyway this driver was off track and i went and they were just doing their normal tire change and refuel it wasn't anything extensive um, but you know, I went over there and I was just like, Hey, we really need you guys back on track. And I was, I was, I was saying it pretty aggressively cause this was now the second time they were doing this in the competition. And you know, the team member looks at me and like, he goes, well, you guys need new effing judges because this BS is like, BS. <laughs> like I'm trying not to cuss. Sorry. But you like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to curse, though, because then that means, like, <laughs> you're like, just let it loose. Just no. say fucking shit. Um, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's so, no, I can't. Anyway, um, yeah, so then he's, like, cursing at me uh-huh. and, like, going off on me and pretty much saying, like, he's, like, well, like, Like, it's your problem you? Like, or you care. Yeah, like, what's your problem? Like, getting, like, yeah. getting in my face about it, right? And I'm, like oh, hell no. Like, this dude did not just go off on me. (laughs) So then I'm, like, in my golf cart, and then my friend, who is there helping me with some stuff, he's in the golf cart, and we both look at each other, and we both look at him, we're like, what the F? (laughs) You know, we're like, 
I get up, and I'll literally get in his face. I was like, what the hell did you just say to me? And then he's like, what are you going to do? You're not going to do, like, shit about it. And I was like, oh, excuse shit. me? Yeah, I was like, this what? Getting better. And I like, dude, I lost it. I was like, I looked at the driver. I was like, you, oh, I literally was screaming, like yelling at the top of my lungs, like uh-huh. in this, in the, in the paddock. Well, everyone's on track. Like, so no one else was witnessing it except this driver and his team. Nice. And, <laughs> and my friend. I'm like literally yelling at him and I was like, all you guys are going to get effing banned right now if you don't fix this shit. Like pretty much told him like, get it together. This is, uh, yeah, like yeah. get it together. Dude, I wish I could tell this like full story with like full blown cuss words. It's just like, I just can't cuss right now. Anyway, so. <laughs> Did you give it up for Lint? What do you, what do you? No, no, no. Just, I have this thing where like, I don't want like curse words to be in permanent recording. Understanding understand yeah so yeah it's just it's just the thing like i don't lie to people i do i will admit to people like yes i curse but i do believe in setting like a certain image for the i heard you say shit before don't worry yeah i know you you'll hear me say everything i have trust me i have (laughs) i'm sure you have (laughs) but anyway okay um yeah so then i'm going off on this dude and then um so don't bring dramatic people yeah so then well then anyway you know i pretty much tell them like you guys are all gonna get banned if you don't like handle this like this is unacceptable and then it was a lot more heated than that and then he calms down and then i'm sitting there like trying to get him back on track then some of his other crewmates come over and they're like oh my gosh, we're so sorry about that. Like, that guy is, like, not really even a part of our team. Like, totally, like, disowning this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I, I would do the same thing. so funny. Dude, like, I feel like my dad exactly. would do some shit like that. Because my dad's, like, right, super like, confrontational. And he'll he'll find <laughs> any fucking reason to say something to somebody. And I'm like, fuck, that's why I don't invite him that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that happened. I was like, seriously? And then it was just kind of funny because they're like, we're not going to claim him. So then the driver ended up, like, being super apologetic, super nice about it. Like, it never happened again. But that's part of the reason why I always preach the the idea that, you know, drivers are in charge of their team. Their teams are representation of yeah. who the driver is and their program. No, that's like, understandable. Like, the dude was wrenching on this guy's car and then, like, cussing at me like you're not gonna do anything about it what are you gonna do about it? i'm like what do you mean what do you mean? i can ban your ass right now like what do you mean like i try not to be that way like i don't want to like lay the ban hammer down that's not what i'm trying to do it's just, like act like a civilized adult <laughs> it's not that hard yeah and, and like, I, I get it some people are like confrontation it's just it's annoying weird. too i think yeah. i get frustrated because I could understand if people were acting that way, if I or my team like closed down any conversation of or critique, but it's like we constantly open the door for feedback mm-hmm. and and improvements. And, you know, I'll, I'll give anyone the time of day, like, call me, let's talk about it, you know, so if they have a problem with the judging, let's talk about it. Or if they have a problem with the format, let's talk about it. You know, so it's like, 
really frustrating to me when I see people react like that because I'm like, you're just being emotional now. You don't know, you don't have the capacity to calm down, think things through and come up with solutions. You just want to complain. And if you complain, you're literally kind of like worthless to me because you're just, you're just a crybaby, literally not to be a jerk, but that's literally what you are. You're crying about something, you're overreacting about it and you have no intention of changing or improving anything. Yeah, I understand that. And then I remember you had mentioned something about like, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bitch and complain about something, not in that exact verbiage, uh, but like have a solution, like, you know, what yeah, is your idea for and, correction? Like, you know, not just come exactly. bitch and complain. I, I understood that. Right. And like, you're part of the Drift League Facebook group, right? Where yeah. You've seen a lot of the conversations and like, yeah. I even sometimes get frustrated there because I'm like, look, let's come up with solutions like if i'm asking you guys a question don't just say you hate this and then like sure that's fine it's okay for you to hate something we do i'm not gonna go in and expect to be loved and everything we do to be perfect like i'm not that delusional but it's like okay if you don't like something then what's the solution yeah like the track situation like it turned out like, hey, what kind of track layouts would you like to see for next year? And then it turned into some <laughs> yeah. other bullshit that was that was like going on a tangent about what they didn't like instead of just being like, oh, let's do this. Well, uh, I took that conversation as like someone's personal experience, right? No, like, I get it. I don't want to. I don't want to like name names, especially since this person is like someone I know and is friends with. But like, you know, they had their own negative experiences this year that were outside of what our organization offered. Like, you know, if someone totals their car and is experiencing that, that's like a crappy thing to deal with no matter what, you know, you put all your money and time Mm -hmm. years into a build Mm -hmm. and to crash it and total it and you're out like, dude, that's heartbreaking. It's heart shattering. Like, it, it sometimes makes you feel like you want to quit. Like, I don't blame anyone for feeling that way, especially if you're putting all your eggs into one basket. For sure, that sucks. But it's like, if that's your experience, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to change everything to prevent that from happening. Like, if you're not pushing yourself to the point where you could crash, then you're, like, not growing. Yeah. You know, there has to be some sort of growth involved. And that's kind of the point it's like i'm willing to i'm willing to i mean as an organization like we have to have our mission statement we have to have our objectives and our goals and the drift league drift league's goal has always been to prepare drivers for the next step which is pro 2 and which i believe to be our responsibility as a sanctioned series and a feeder series to formula drift i believe that that should be the next logical step for our drivers and to keep everyone safe like those are the two things you know to educate you guys as well on top of that so it's like i'm willing to do anything that doesn't compromise that mm-hmm. and it's like when people are telling me they don't want to do big bank i'm like okay like there has to be a happy medium you know, I understand I that we might be losing driver count because of intimidation of the big bank. Okay, then let's not do big bank every round. But to eliminate big bank? No, that's not the solution. That defeats the whole purpose of 
Like, why even go to Irwindale at that point? Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, you should. I What I don't like at all is um, halfway through the Big Bang shit. I think that's, it's really weird. Like, when we're, uh, have you done it? Like, personally? No. Okay, so when we're, <laughs> that's that's why I'm asking. That's, that's why I asked. Yeah. Um, but when we're, you know, going full throttle and we're turning, like, the car wants to go sideways. All right. Right. So no, I, I understand. The so we're pedaling it kind of weird. It wonky. Yeah, it, it's right. really, really unsettling. Um, even with like the uh, Atlanta layout, it was a little weird. But I did like right. the layout. But it is a little awkward to be up there um, at right. such that like that high angle that I wouldn't say uh, on the bank the camber of the, of an- the track. Yeah, yeah, so it's it gets really weird. Um, so I'll say that, and I think I I would I want to say. Most of the drivers would agree with me. Um, other than no, that, that's the only complaint. That's that the only complaint I have. But drivers. I, but I also understand that is all we have to work with. Right. Okay. So I, I get that. So I, it's it's yeah, understandable. Yeah. So it's like it's it's hard. Like because I agree, and so like I also come from a driver's perspective. So you know, it's hard to like. You know, like, I really do feel everyone's pain on the things they complain about. I'm like, I get it. Like, trust me. <laughs> like, I try to do the things. Like, I try to put myself in everyone's shoes. And it's like, okay, like, what can we do differently to improve this experience? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, very challenging because I literally just got off the phone with Rome right before I hopped on this podcast with you. and. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just talking. He was like, I really loved what you guys did the first year and like quarter bank and then half bank and then three, four, three fourths bank. And I was, I was just laughing. I was like, you know, most people hate that. Right. He's yeah. like, what? Like, yeah. like literally couldn't fathom it. And I'm like, see, this is what I, what I deal with. It's like such varying opinions from people. So it's like, you know, there's like, a certain group of people like certain group of the drivers that are like very vocal on Facebook. And Mm -hmm. then there's like some people that never comment on Facebook, but will like call me and talk to me every round. And then there's like some people that like, you know, I don't hear about, but I'll hear about it like months later. You know, it's like, I try to stay in touch with everyone, but it's really hard. And it's just funny because the people that are like vocal on the internet believe that to be like, the most common opinion and I'm like no like I actually talked to many other people with varying opinions yeah so it's like even in that Facebook page like it might appear that like everyone's on the same page but like no that's why I send out those surveys too you know post rounds so that people can like give anonymous feedback and it's just like it's very interesting. <laughs> okay, but, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> but like when I said about doing the uh, half the bank stuff, I didn't feel that way until I finally did the whole bank. And I was like, oh, those are stupid. Like immediately. Right. Once you realize like the bank isn't hard, um, it, it is intimidating. It's very intimidating. Um, but once you do it, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Move on, Moving along. I never want to do the quarter bank again. Right. Yeah. That's like, how I felt about it. But everyone I, has their own opinion my gut tells me that like you know doing partial bank is sketchy like i kind of get i like see like visually get like see that and so i'm not really against that i'm just against eliminating big bank oh no like, no no no, no. I, I, for one round you uh, know i'm like what 
<laughs> so I think yeah, I think I mean, like a a Friday night practice would help, but I don't see that happening either. Um, well, what we're trying to do is do more like bring back Thursday night drift. I know we had told you that last year, and then some things kind of fell through. Um, but but that has to go off of your we, schedule too. I understand from my understanding, right? Yeah. So we've we've submitted some Thursday night drift requests that we'll see if we can get those dates and okay. the possibility to do them. So so now now real quick uh, yeah. before I cut you off, would it be like the Thursday night before competition? The weekend that's before? what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to do now or I'm trying to at least do it within a week okay that's so what like I was gonna ask you just in be... case something happens to one of our cars let's exactly. say you know someone's transmission exactly. blows they have a couple days okay yeah that's yeah so it'd be like the following week instead of like the two days before that's but, what I was trying but to at do. least you get you do have the opportunity is there to go hit the track um, I understand that not everyone lives as close as I do maybe because I live you know eight miles from the track um and right. it's 75 bucks to get in and what ten dollars in gas there and back me pulling my car right so i understand that not everyone has that opportunity but it's good for the people who can i know a lot of us live down here in socal who are competing there i mean it'll it's good for anyone like even prospective drivers that are on the fence about the drift league oh yeah that's actually perfect for, but, Ooh, but they won't be able to do all the track layouts like let's say it comes down to round four. They they're not allowed on the bank if they don't have a, like a cage and everything in a fire suit. Right. But like what about the guy? Tech. Yeah. But what about the guy who's like seeing where he's at in his three fifty stock three fifty Z and he just wants to do the layout to see if he can do it? You know what I mean? And Won't just be kinda, able to. Yeah. I so mean, like, maybe some more. I've even had. I've even had. I think it was last year. Like Riley, our judge. You know, he's. I obviously know he's like a very talented driver. You know, and but, you know, he brought out a practice car, and I couldn't let him on Big Bank, because I'm like, yo, like you don't have a cage. Because <laughs> I can't. You can't. It was risk. Riley. I remember. It was his white before he blew his motor. Yeah, like I just can't risk that. You know, and I. It's just hard. That's like the other thing I run into too. Like with the Drift League light, oh my gosh, so many challenges with like trying to figure out the tech requirements yeah. for that because we're trying to make it as easy, like the lower the barrier of entry as much as possible. But with our background, I say our being Moto IQ's background, being in like road racing and time attack and more different sports or like motorsports. Like drifting is so far behind when it comes to safety. Mm-hmm. So when we like mandate cages for tandem at Grange or Apple Valley Speedway, people are like losing it. Like this is stupid. And it's like, is it though? Is it stupid? Or are you guys just used to accidentally like by luck not getting hurt? It's not because I don't know. Everyone's the best I, driver I, I, in the I, world. Yeah, but it's just like it's it's really hard for me. I'm I'm like yeah. praying no one ever gets actually hurt. But that's honestly what it's going to take for people to actually look at these rules and be grateful for them. Yeah, but and then like you know, that track is slow, but people get up to I wanna say like, I don't know, seventy miles an hour down that straight. Easily. But even like you could die at forty miles. You could no, die no, I at agree. thirty miles per hour. You know what I mean? Like who knows? Like, just a fucking lap just, belt or something. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's just anything can happen. Like 
that's why they're called accidents. Like they're not probable or likely, but it can happen. And it's like, all it takes is for one of those things to happen. And it's like, someone doesn't get to go home to see their kids or their wife. Or yeah, like, exactly. They're permanently disabled or like, even on the league, like the legal side of it, like the drift league shuts down because like we had a death under our belt, you know, like there's just so many, like, it's not worth the risk. <laughs> and like, yeah. people think it's so cool to be like dangerous. And I'm like, I don't get it. You got, you're bringing that back though, right? <laughs> what do you mean? The drift league light, like that's coming back or are you guys <laughs> oh, done? Oh, I think about danger. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, no. danger yeah. Back. yeah your, um, your, your name is Rathena so. Danger Gomer. Yeah, uh, so I'm so fun and dangerous. Yeah, um, we all know. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I I think so. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's our plan is to bring it back. Okay, cool. Um, And likely just keep it at Apple Valley Speedway. I mean, we were ve- well received. I think I would say that most drivers that did compete in the Drift League Light loved it. And like from I haven't gone to one yet. standpoint, you really need to go. It's so fun. Like I will when I I'm not probably, poor and my car is probably I would probably take my car and hop in too, because it, it's just the setting of that mm-hmm. environment is so laid back. You know, like it's from more an of like a standpoint. It's more it's of so like easy. a Grange day with some fun competition, I assume. Yeah, because exactly. when I go to Grange, I am never under any, even the slightest bit of pressure to do anything. I mean, there's a little bit of pressure because of our name. Like, there, we still hold people to somewhat of a standard. Okay. So, like, it's not wild wild west and free for all kind of thing but you know whereas lean like it's night and day from the drift league pro-am you know it's like nothing like that so i think if you only drive grange events you'll find us to be strict um which we've gotten feedback about and we're like seriously like this isn't strict at all but yeah because um, you run to the track with your boys one weekend it's right yeah it's it's different but yeah, some people so, don't like it, the structure, and I get it. Yeah, but where I'm just trying to bring back, like, I keep trying to tell people, I'm like, we're not a for fun event. Like, that's not what the Drift League is. Like, sure, we might have track days and practice opportunities here and there, but, like, we're really about competition. And, you know, maybe it's Pro-Am or maybe it's Light, but in Light, it's still competition. And there's a lot of drivers that enjoy competing and don't want to go to pro-am or don't want to go to fd but they like the idea of a competition and be able to like talk smack with their buddies or like you know whatever it scotty is. scott scotty d whatever is it right he, yeah he's like, like that he's very he's, a, he's very um verbal about that too exactly and like see i'm someone personally that like i think i'll always be a driver to be honest but i really enjoy competing like i'm a competitive person like i grew up playing video games and competing like doing tournaments and things like that like that's what makes it fun for me and so even if it's a friendly competition I like the idea of being able to like call out my homie and be like I'm gonna like you know show you what's up right now like let's put your put your money where your mouth is like I just like it's like paying beer pong or something, you know? It's yeah, just, it's just, just fun. Like, yeah. it's just fun. It doesn't got to be serious or expensive, but I like competing. So, it is that's serious what the Drift League light. <laughs> yeah, well, for light, it's not. Like, it's really cheap. Like, you could come in whatever beater and just, you know, go have some fun. That's true. 
Um, what about you? Are you going to compete next year or are you sitting out? Great question. I am likely sitting out. Um, Boo. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm very torn about it. I'm torn about it because this was I did very well this year for my standard for what I had set out to do. You know, I finished top eight overall. I finished eighth place overall in top drift out of like 40 drivers. So I was very happy with that result. And I feel like my confidence as a driver was at an all time high this season. I know there's still like a lot of room to grow, but I, I think I, I shouldn't say, I think I know I, I I'll do better, you know, next season. And yeah, to be honest, like I want to, if I'm going to, if I'm making the step and decision to compete, like I want to get my pro two license. Like I want to show up to win. And then, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to touch base on something. So your car has been the same since 2015. Am I right? For the most part. Still LS, uh, still T56, still stock Yeah, for end. the most part. I mean, I had a a few power upgrades, but nothing like significant. No, but I'm just saying it's like Probably nothing like, like you haven't gone turbo. You haven't put a dog box in. No. You no, haven't no, put no, a no. Yeah, winners been... in. And the coilovers, I assume, are still the same ones. Correct. Yeah. That So that kind of goes to show like you can do it over time. Everyone thinks they need to build, you know, build their car to the nines. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I haven't done any, like I've, I've worked on eighth. making my car. Yeah. I, I worked on making my car safer and more reliable, but I didn't like overbuild it by any means. And like, yeah, it, it really is just seat time. And like, for me, it was, it's mental. It wasn't even like seat time. Cause before I would get lots of seat time, but kind of plateaued because like in 2015, it's crazy. I drove like 50 different times or something. Like there were certain weeks where I'd go drifting three times in a week. I've I remember you telling me about that. Day before. Yeah, like I, I drove nonstop, but I like wasn't that good like compared to what I am now. And then I like took two, like a year and a half off and I came back and I was like really good, like, com- like the best I'd ever been. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but it was because I had gotten out of my head. Like I was just... I was almost like, I don't really care about this. I'm just going to go drive. And then, like, that's what I needed. I needed that mental switch in my head to go off. And yeah. I don't know if that's, like, a common thing. I ha- I know a lot of drivers go through it, but I was just, like, a total basket case about it. And once I finally got to a point where I, was, I took the pressure off, like, for me, competing in Top Drift was for me to prove a lot of things to myself because it was, like, wow, a lot of people only see me and identify me as the Drift League now. They have no idea I'm a driver. And then, and that uh, was, like, weird for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then now that you've also ran your own series and competed, I remember the first episode, which, uh, yeah, today this is the year anniversary show, by the way. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> you're the first guest, so thank you. Um, Happy anniversary. <laughs> same. Uh, it, uh, sorry, threw me off with that. Uh, so... <laughs> Okay, I, in the first episode, I bitched and complained a lot about Just Drift and how I bitched about, I had complained about how Taka, if anybody's listened to it, like how Taka wanted us to drive a certain way. Now that I actually, I get it. Like, I understand why he's saying those things. And instead of yeah, me bitching no, and complaining. Taka I, is amazing Dude, advice. <laughs> I, went, 
I right now, if, if I can get this thing together in a timely manner, I am going to go try to uh, do his, what is it, School of Drift or something like that? Or Drifting yeah. 101? Drift School, but to take my Yeah, take my car out there and then just kind of have him, you know, give me some pointers. Yeah, I, I actually would love to do the same if I have yeah. the budget ever. Yeah, because exactly. Because he's a phenomenal instructor and he really pushes you. Like, Taka has been in my corner for quite some time, like, He's helped me so much. Like even this season, just given me so much feedback, and it's crazy. Like if people had spent comp weekends with me, they'd be like, "What are you doing?" Because like I would go and like in practice, I would not be putting down any good runs, you know. And I would go and just be like, "Dude, like I can't figure it out." But then Taka would take the time to like walk the track with me and point out things very specifically. And then, like, I would get it almost immediately because of the way his brain works when he's going through a track. Yeah. You know, and, like, he he he's just so great at explaining things and breaking it down. And, you know, he pushes you. And he, like, at least for me, he held me to a really high standard, which I really appreciate. You know, and he wasn't ever afraid to tell me, like, I was doing bad because he knew I was he can't capable it of he's... more. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, dude, what are you... <laughs> there were so many times he came up to me this season. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I suck. <laughs> and then he'd be like, okay, we'll get it together. And then I would get it together. And it's like, all right, we did it. You know, and so... um, That was cool. And, you know, there's like... So much I learned this year as a driver um, that I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad I competed... I don't regret it at all. Um, it was a very spontaneous decision. So, like, I didn't really have, like, a program together. I didn't have a consistent team together. I just did what I could when I could. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really happy with the outcome. And I'm also proud of myself for, like, handling it all. But to be honest, by the end of it, I was, like, extremely burnt out, like, with driving and managing the Drift League and having a full-time job and buying a house was like the most stressful combination of anything I've ever dealt with. Yeah, but aren't you the type and of person who, if you're not always busy, you go crazy? Yes, but yeah, that's so. changing. Oh, okay. Like, well, that's changing. So, like, I just, I drove myself so, like, that was what was weird for me, is that I am typically someone that juggles quite a bit. And yeah. this was the first time I noticed myself getting genuinely stressed, like, overwhelmed. What is going on? And so... I've been doing a lot of like, I, like not to make it too too personal and too deep, but like I've been doing a lot of like personal restructuring in my life, and you yeah, know, nothing wrong with that. I'm on disability. I've been you know on disability from work, and so this whole time I've just spending like almost all of my time at home, mm. and I'm like, I'm just gonna read and take some online classes, and that's what I've been doing, Jesus. and working on the drift league, but like. It's so night and day you, difference from what I was doing. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's like so more laxed like, a little bit, I, I'd say, I assume. It's more lax, and I'm just trying to realize, like, like, remind myself that, like, I don't have to do everything just because yeah. I can. That's you know, it's like there's this like there's this book called Necessary Endings, and it actually talks. It uses the metaphor of like a rose bush, and like every year you have to cut off like healthy buds, like healthy roses off of a bush. Because if you don't, 
the bush will die because the resources are being exhausted, you know, versus if you cut off live, alive, healthy rosebuds, then it redirects the nutrients into the remaining rosebuds and then the bush will thrive. So it's like quitting things and snipping off the bud, nipping the bud, as you would call it, like, isn't a bad thing. It's just looking at it as like directing the resources you have into something, flourishing something good. And so that's really strategically what I'm trying to do going into 2020 Mm -hmm. is not exhausting myself, not spreading myself thin and just being intentional about where I'm putting my resources and that being the drift league. I want all of my attention going into the drift league and I want to see us get to the next level. And I don't believe that I can effectively do that if I'm competing. So that's, that's understandable because it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) And you know, I'm still going to do some like fun events, but I really have to wait until my back heals fully so, like, I can't even drive at all if I wanted to even until at least, like, mid-next year. So, it's, like, I want to let my back heal. All my cars are broken. I just got a house, so, like, my money is tied up in the mortgage now, which I'm totally fine with. It's not stressful. It's just, like, I have to be realistic about my finances a little bit more. And so, I do believe that the time will come, and I do thinks that I I will want to compete again but it has to like I'll just know when it's right and right now is like I don't get that feeling yeah that's not a priority really right but I imagine your goals have changed too because now that you are kind of contributing to drifting uh in a different way than kind of other people are like a lot of the drivers not a lot oh just people in the sport in general tend to just bitch about things and then kind of like right. not do anything proactive to make a better change. Um, right. I, I see it everywhere from fans. I see it from drivers. I see it from family members of, of you know, drivers, stuff like that. So just anybody in the scene, but that just, I guess that's just what it is, what it is when it comes to being in any scene, whatever it may be, there's going to be people who bitch. There's going to be people who make it better or try to. Right. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of what I'm doing. It's like, I just want to really try to like make a long lasting impression in the community with something positive. And I believe I have something to contribute. So Mm. I want to put my energy into doing that. You know, like I I constantly fear it's like such a rational fear, but I'm kind of like, Oh my gosh, like if I die tomorrow, like who's gonna like keep leading the drift league as a visionary, right? Because that's like my role there. It's like Motor IQ makes it happen. You know, they they they're like the best support, but like I'm really the one that's like I see the vision and I like want to get it there because I'm the one that like loves drifting. You know, they're just like they see the benefit in the safety aspect and mm-hmm. they're like just learning about it, but they don't know the drift market the same way. So it's like I just like really care about it, like genuinely. It really is my baby. So it's like, okay, hopefully someday we can like grow our team and like have more people like run the drift league across the country and across the world that will like lead it in the same way. Mm-hmm. And like we can like make long lasting um, changes and 
I guess, contributions to the drift community. Yeah. Or hopefully that's the hope. And then with, with that, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the partnership that you're doing with. Yeah. Damn. I feel like. Drift to the America. Them. Them. I feel like a terrible yes. host now. Cause I didn't even, I don't even <laughs> Drift remember the name. America. So, uh, the you South wanna, American drift series. I read a little bit. Um, if you want to try to go into detail of what is set, because I know you guys released it, um, but what is set, like, for sure, how it's going to work out um, for yeah, both parties. So, so Drift Sudamerica has been around for quite some time in South America, and they're all across South America, Brazil, Paraguay, Chile, um, Argentina, um, just throughout south america and they have a really thriving community out there Mm -hmm. and you know their their community looks to the states as like the aspiration you know like they all aspire to drive here to be able to compete in fd maybe or even at any of our events and it's really cool to see the culture they have out there um in the drift community and how much it's flourishing And so what we want to do, which has already somewhat been piloted and tested by a couple of people, um, but they have a few cars for rent already out there. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be building some cars up here in the States that will also be available for rent. And essentially what that would be is like create a driver exchange program where we would open up opportunities and kind of facilitate the opportunity for the drivers that are able to in South America to be able to compete in the drift league in the States and also vice versa for our drivers to be able to go down there if they're, if they're able to. Mm. And so the exact logistics of that will still be sorted out like financially what that will look like, um, you know, travel and, and whatnot. But, that's essentially the essence of the partnership. And then we're also looking to, pending FD approval, um, host a Pro 2 shootout in South America at the end of 2020. Yay. Yeah. Um, actually, I have so, a question about that. So things. let's say the... Sure. Uh, for both. So I'll just use myself as an example. Let's say something happens at round three for me. I don't have enough time to get my car back together. And one of those cars is open for use. Um, are we able to rent them ourselves? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. That's obviously, I if I would assume point. that it's like a first come first serve deal. Like let's say some guy from Brazil has already like been talking to you about it. He's like, Hey, I'm coming. Here's my deposit or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if it's open, we can use it type deal yeah i don't see it yeah, happening i'm just saying so. just uh because if not they're just sitting there anyways right okay. exactly yeah i don't see us saying no to money <laughs> yeah like, uh, no, you can't give us money to rent our cars <laughs> no that's it's understandable um but yeah. that's why i was just curious it's it could happen you know we've seen worse things happen this is true twice um so Okay, what did we talk about? Because uh, there was a few things. Talked about track, or at least you gave us an example 
of what happened. Um, you're not competing. Bummer. Uh, the Drift League. I know that you said you're working on more partnerships. Um, now, with these partnerships, are are they kind of like just conti- more contingency programs for us drivers that were already existing? Maybe better? Um, so we do have some better things in the pipeline. I don't know what I can disclose yet, but let's just say there might be some bigger opportunities for some of our drivers that do well. And we're hoping to see better prizes that will really incentivize drivers to sign up. That might do well, be very, yeah, we're looking to increase our purse, like our cash prizes. Okay. So yeah, that's what, that's where we're headed. I have to be very cryptic. I'm very like, no, I know. Cause nothing's, nothing's set in stone. <laughs> it's, it's not even 2020 yet. I get it. I know nothing's signed. There's a lot of conversations happening right now. And it's like, but yeah, November but as a driver, like I know that conversations happen and then they don't go anywhere too. Exactly. So it's like, like we talked about it and then nothing ever came. Of there's it. a lot of exciting things that I, I believe will transpire, but it's likely those things will only be announced in January. Okay. Oh, well, then that's not too far away. Um, yeah. Better not be January 31st. That's like the longest month ever. It might be. Ugh. I turned 30 in the end of January, so I'm like going to go through a midlife crisis, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I yeah, turned 30 maybe. this year. I was like, that's it? But I, hey, I am like concerned about a whole bunch of shit I wasn't concerned about last year. Really? Yeah, like getting old. Oh my god! <laughs> Becoming diabetic, I like lo- shit like I that. Lo- I love getting older. I feel like life is so much better as the more I age. <laughs> Except physically, like my back is jacked up, but like, I feel like mentally, it's just easier. Yeah. Um. Drift League, Drift League Light might come back. It's not set in stone, right? But it's like most likely going to come back, I assume. Yeah, that's the plan. Okay, cool. Because that's something I did want to try um, since that's a track I can actually drive on. <laughs> Without yeah, everyone should come six... out and drive. The Drift League Light is a blast. Like, hands down, I love organizing it. I would love to drive in it. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, I had more questions. I thought we were going to talk about a lot more. Sorry. Did people like send you questions? Dude, hang on. I'm going to tell you what I got right now. So I, I finally gave in and I did the whole follow thing where I follow a shitload of people to get people to know more about the show because I've been having a big freaking problem like with people like sharing it. And I honestly thought without saying anything that it was going to happen, that people were going to be like, oh, I was on this podcast. I didn't think I was going to have to ask people to do that. Um, <laughs> I That's just what I thought. It was naive of me. Uh, or, you know, giving people the benefit of the doubt. Um, so I started doing that. And now that I have 
a lot more followers, I get some weird questions. Like one person or like 17 people said, hi, drifting pro-am, like to initiate a conversation. And then they put an emoji next to it. And obviously they're like fake accounts or something. I got a lot of that. Um, weird. Yeah, I know. I'll take a screenshot of it. Um, I got some dumb questions that I'm not even going to ask. Uh, Beam Team Brian. Ask them. Ask them. Dude, I cannot stand them. I'm I'm no fun <laughs> when it comes to like that. Like, at least be clever and funny. Um, but, like, some <laughs> dude asked, like, which came... It could have been a girl. No. No, it's, no, it's a dude. Uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, I'm like, come on. Oh. See? <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. You hate it just as much as I do. Um, Beam Team Brian asked about the Drift League Light next year. We discussed that. Um, mm-hmm. I did get one from Christian memes. He did ask what P- PSI do you use rear and front? What tire pressure do I use? Mm-hmm. You specifically. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I got asked a question on like tire setup and I was like, why is this person asking me about tire setup? Like the least qualified person, but <laughs> Cause you're pro. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm so good at what I do. But, like, I ran, so with the Mile Stars, I ran the 932XP pluses, and I ran a 245-4018 all the way around. Uh-huh. And pretty much my tire setup was, a tr- I think the sweet spot was, like, 20 PSI in the rear and then, like, 28 in the front. Or like 30 in the front. I can't remember. We played around with a little bit of it. But um, yeah, I ran pretty low in the rear. Is like 18 to 22. I'd probably start off like 22 from the get-go and then bleed it down. Yeah. Speaking of the mile stars, I, was, I ran them on the front too. Um, I was impressed that I didn't get any understeer. No, not, I was too. I they're not they're not a sport tire. They're not like a complete. They're not like a. What is it? The Falcon Azini's six five whatever. No, I was pleasantly surprised. They're not like, a Kiwi's a one two people, threes. A lot of people were like, "You're running those on the yeah, front." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, why?" Someone not? said the same thing to me because I was like, "Well, that's what I had money for. That's what's on." Sorry. Are you paying yeah, for my I, tires? I actually like, had no issues. Neither like, did at I. All. I only did three laps in them. Granted, and then on the third lap, everything went boom. Um, but <laughs> but even like when you when you go to transition at uh, like at Irwindale, not that that track like really gives you any understeer issues to begin with. Uh, at least I never experienced any. I had no issues, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. Um, I haven't taken them to Grange yet. That's like the test for me. Because I've uh, I've understeered there before with um, good tires. So, but that might have been my yeah. set too. Yeah, I mean, like you know, but it's interesting because I was talking to Taka, mm-hmm. and he thinks that a lot of the reason why I improved was because I had mile stars on the front. And I was like, "Tell me more." And he's like, "Well, a lot of people think that like if you run a sticky tire up front, like it's gonna help with like understeer and all this stuff, all this stuff." But he's saying that like. A stickier tire up front, like, actually produces too much oversteer. Oh, yeah, I can and, see that, like, yeah. And, like, 
how having like a less sticky tire up front um like helps with that like interesting theory i wonder if that's true (laughs) because if it grips too much and you hit oversteer then you just in the back end comes around you can't catch it i get it right yeah so i don't know yeah there might be something to that hopefully martin hears this and martin if you're interested i would love I would love to have your guys' support next year. Um, <laughs> Dude, I'm sure they would love to support you. I actually, like, it's cool because what I appreciate about Milestar and, like, my relationship with them and them as a company is, like, Martin, you know, the marketing guy at Milestar has been very clear, like, just be honest about the tire. Yeah. Like, you don't need to kiss the brand's ass at all. Just be honest about your experiences. And it's, like, all right, like there's no pressure or expectation to like, you know, paint this picture that's not real. But it's yeah. like, it's cool because I can honestly say like, dude, it is the best bang for your buck. Like the tires last like a really long time. And like if you keep bleeding them down, and that's what I tell people, like set your set the tire pressure that's ideal for you. Like if you find that 22 is the best, then keep bleeding it down to 22. Like after you come in and check your tires, bleed it down. And like your tires will last such a long time. Like I've had really good experiences with it. So I really don't have any personal complaints. Like I'm happy with it and they're like very, very affordable. So it's like, yeah, why wouldn't I keep doing that? (laughs) Yeah. Even like a Schaefer, because I'll ask anybody on the side, I'm like, hey, what do you really think? And he's like, there's no problems mm-hmm. with them. He's like, he's like, I haven't had a single issue yet. So I know. I like, I, that's why I tell people, I'm like, just try it. Just try it. Try a set. And you will be surprised. Yeah. In a good way. Yep. Uh, not wrong. Um, I haven't got them hot enough yet to see if they, like, delaminate or anything. But I'm hoping to get some tests again and find out for sure. Yeah. We'll see. Let me know when you go because I'm like trying to collect more data on the mile stars. So and my car weighs a lot more than yours too, I assume. How much does your car weigh? Uh, thirty one hundred pounds without me in it, and my fat ass weighs two hundred pounds. <laughs> Dude, I know it's fucking bad. I need to lose weight. Like, really. That that's the thirty year old thing I was talking about. Like I'm all worried about like my weight and shit and my health. Um, Dude, I'm not too far off of that weight, so, so I wouldn't feel so bad. Yep. <laughs> So you know the struggles. I got, I got, re- I got relationship weight. Dude, I like. Ooh, now we're getting into personal shit. It's but a same, thing. But yeah, it happens. Uh, I was like looking all fly last year. I was like, I want to lose weight, and then like lost like twenty five pounds, and then started dating my boyfriend, and now I'm go out like five hundred pounds. Um, like so last year when I was building the car, I didn't. There were times when I would just skip dinner because I would come straight home from work. <laughs> Right. And I would just go to work on the car until like midnight. Go to sleep, get up at six, start all over again. Um, so that kind of helped in a way. And then off season has not helped. <laughs> Dude, I hear you. The not struggle at is all. real. So uh, do, do you have any car things coming up other than... Uh, you're going to do LS Fest if you can? Yeah, the plan is to do LS Fest for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's honestly like the one event. Excuse me. That's the one event I have on 
the calendar, the calendar for okay. next year. Um, I should be physically all healed up by then, unless I have to get surgery, then I'm probably not driving. Okay. Um, and that will give me enough time to fix my car. <laughs> Oddly enough, I still haven't fixed the issue that you helped me with at the Hoonigan Burnyard. You haven't on... replaced the fucking alternator? No, I didn't. Dude, <laughs> Dude I know, I know. So, like, I... <laughs> so, you know, we thought it was the alternator. And then, you know, we went home. And then I bought a new battery because I wanted to, like test everything out and make sure like I didn't want to buy a new alternator if it wasn't the alternator I was like what if it's just like a really really dead battery so bought a new battery and we tested everything and er like it was charging just fine like it was charging just fine we're like oh mm -hmm. so it really was just the battery it wasn't so I go on with my life do top drift round three the final round of top drift on a battery. And like, pra the, yeah, on battery because we didn't test it in hot conditions. Like when the yeah. car gets to when it them. Get, when the coil gets up hot <laughs> and it goes out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know so exactly what you're talking about. Was, I've done it. So then like in the middle, like I literally lined up. Like I thought everything was fine. Uh -huh. I lined up to qualify and my car dies. Genius. <laughs> I was like, Fucking are you serious? Dude. So we literally had like the truck with jumper cables charging by the battery. my car, charging the battery, like had the car off, charging the battery. And then like when they would call me up to the line, I would, we would jump the car, start it. And then I would have to keep it idling at 2,500 RPMs. And my car was then overheating because I'm like revving it at a standstill mm -hmm. while I'm waiting. I had to do that for all my qualifying. So two qualifying runs. And then all of competition, like I made it to top eight. So that was two battles in top 16 and two battles in top eight. And like, dude, my car was like beat. Yeah, it was like I fucking really bet hard it was. on the car. Dude, that's... <laughs> and it was really hard on me mentally. Like it, the team was scrambling. It was crazy. <laughs> and then like, which, wait, is, do you I have... I should have replaced the alternator. Do you have a truck set up or like the F-body um, Camaro pulley set up? Um, Camaro. So you literally could have got an alternator from anybody there and swapped it out Probably. in 10 minutes. See? That's, yeah, that's your I own know. bad, I'm man. I'm an idiot. That's I, your own bad. Like, I didn't say you're an idiot, it's just, but it is your bad. I'm an idiot. I'll call me an idiot. You don't have to call me an idiot. I know I'm uh, an idiot. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, like, I literally haven't driven the car since then. I actually just turned it on for the first time since then, just, like, two days ago. Oh, uh, okay. And well, I forgot still runs. about the battery problem and we had to jump it <laughs> again. <laughs> hey, it still runs actually, all right. Yeah, it still runs. I actually couldn't even like, because I had to take it off the trailer because I had it on the trailer all these months. And I was like, I need to put it in the garage. Like I've moved into my house. It's time for the car to come here. And so I was like, okay, let's bring it over. But with my back, I can't get in and out of the race car. So I had to like ask my boyfriend and his roommate had to like come over and help me unload the car so it was the two of them so we like get the car started on the one start that we had on what was left of the battery uh -huh. and then like out of nowhere like there's no throttle like none because like sometimes because i'm drive by wire sometimes throttle just disappears it's happened to me like three times in the past and i'm like 
no clue why. Oh, um, I've had the same issue. Uh, Do you know what it is? I know what my issue is. What's your issue? Uh, so I have a TAC module. So I run like the Gen 3. I basically run like a Gen 3 truck wiring harness. So like mm -hmm. a, let's say like a 2005 Silverado. Um, they have a TAC module. If it doesn't turn on as soon as I power up the vehicle, if it doesn't turn on within like 10 seconds, it will not work. Weird. Yeah. How do you check that? How do you uh, make that mine, consistently work? Uh, I just make sure I turn it off, turn it on and off. But everything's changing oh. next year because I'm going to, uh, I'm going with an LS2 and a Gen 4 wiring harness and ECU. So all that's going to go bye bye now. And I'm taking all those stupid ass mm. toggle switches out. Mm. Everything's just going to run that's off the smart. Yeah, everything's just going to run off the ECU. Yep, that's so. what I need to do too. I told you, man. I'll bring it over Ugh, come wire my car no i'm not going over there you can bring it here though <laughs> what? no i'll pay you to come over here yeah that's uh just drop it off it doesn't take 20 minutes it takes like a week at least dude just like you can stay at my house and nah, fix my cars not Sounds interested like a great plan not interested <laughs> not I, about it. I, yeah. I pay a lot for this house so i'd like to stay in it <laughs> dude i feel you yeah i know sure. i'm like it's so funny like all my cars are broken right now all of them same. and like i'm like trying to get my street car running because i'm like well if i can't drift right now like i'd like to at least have my street car to just drive around in and your street pipe vq dude yeah it's so obnoxious and so i'm like been like texting everyone and begging them i'm like please come finish my car i'll like pay you but I like can't even it's like so simple literally just need to put an alternator on it and then like plug in the the engine harness and that's it yeah <laughs> but hit up, eh, hit up Don Shredder we'll he, he's taken that motor out like nine times <laughs> Ooh, dude, like, too soon hey he's got a new one coming <laughs> I actually I want to get him on uh probably next I'm booked up like a month right now out so yeah. as soon as I have an opening I'm gonna hit him up but it's going to be around Christmas time, so I plan on shutting down for a couple weeks anyways. So we'll see. Unless people want it, want the show so they can listen to it for whatever reason while they're on their way to their grandma's yeah. house for Christmas. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, maybe. You never know. No, I hope not. Um, so other than that, is there anything to expect for track layouts for next year? Because I'm very adamant about uh, getting a Long Beach set up if we can fit it in inside the infield yeah i'd actually like to do a long beach setup is there anything i, I can do to help to make it happen uh <laughs> no not necessarily i mean i think jeff jones usually is like always taking the lead on the setup of the actual track so and he's like been amazing like last year when we had said we want to do an fd atlanta layout he literally walked the track when he was competing at fd atlanta and like counted footsteps and like took his like measurements and then came back and did the same thing at Irwindale. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's cool. Yeah, so, I thought that was the dumbest um, track layout when you got when I saw it on paper. I was like, this is stupid. I remember. <laughs> and then I drove it and I was like, this isn't that stupid. Yeah. I know. I'm so, trying self growth. I need to stop putting my foot in my fucking mouth. <laughs> dude, it's all good. It happens. But I mean like I think we're likely gonna bring back the FD Atlanta layout. We had really good feedback okay. from it, even though 
there was a lot of hesitation, but people typically There's, had good feedback. Yeah, the hesitation is on upon entry because, you know, when right. you guys say Atlanta, we're like, okay, we're pulling handbrake to enter. You're not. Right. Because right. we're, we're thinking like, oh, we're going to get a lot of speed. You're not. You're clutch kicking in and seeing where your car goes. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, I think we'll try to figure out some solution for that. I don't know that there is one, but we'll... We'll likely bring back FD Atlanta, and then we'll keep FD Irwindale as round four. Mm-hmm. That would be, I think, it would be rad to do FD Long Beach layout. Um, you know, maybe at round two or something, and then do something a little bit easier as round one. I don't see Atlanta being. I mean, Atlanta um, Long Beach being like a difficult layout. It's actually, oh, uh, maybe because of like the the outer zone two. And then coming into the tight Outer hairpin, two, coming exactly. into a tight hairpin. Like, okay, yeah, that that's that might what be a I bit see rough. To be the challenge, yeah. Okay. So I I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how that would pan out. I know it's possible to do it there. I just don't know how that would look like. In and then uh, possible like a an infield for round one, like infield only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what we're gonna end up pushing for. Okay, sweet. Um, other than that. Is there anything else? That we I don't think so. We covered a lot of bases. <laughs> we yeah. talked about a lot of things. Yeah, you, uh, your car, your series, sponsors. Um, yeah. Question. Sponsor deck and sponsorship proposal. Mm. Just real quick, what are they to you? I know what they are. I read a book. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, I have the same book. It's fucking amazing. Um, you want to touch on that briefly and then we'll call it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, a sponsor deck to me is like a quick introduction of what makes you unique and what you have to offer to an organization. So like kind of like the commercial of your life if people know nothing about you your program your driving they should be able to get like a really good introduction of you on that um you know i always advise drivers to have a generic deck on hand at all times that way when they're like getting a new introduction to someone they can send over their deck and just give people a marketing person you know a ceo whoever's looking at it the opportunity to get to know them mm-hmm. and set the tone for, you know, who you are, what, what they can expect from you. And then the proposal takes it a step further and there isn't like a one size fits all proposal. You know, I tell drivers, like, don't be lazy. You know, you don't have to have like a outstanding presentation of a proposal every time but like you better cater to the needs of your sponsor or prospective sponsor and like for me a a a good proposal answers or i should say offers the solutions and gives actions behind the answers of questions that you've asked your sponsors so like I'll ask sponsors all the time. Like I don't go into a conversation asking for what I need. I ask them what they need. So if they tell me they need content, okay, great. Their proposal is going to be catered to how I can offer them content 
how I'm going to actually do that in a very tangible and like realistic way throughout the year. If they tell me they just need, you know, testing of their products. Okay. Well then the proposal is going to be all about how we can test their product. And so it's really about like paying attention to the special needs of each person you talk to in like a very concise and professional way. So I would say that's what a deck and proposal is essentially to me. Yeah. So a deck is just like, you know, general information about you, some of what you kind of have to offer. And then a proposal would be more detailed of how you can help them achieve their goals by giving you shit or money. Exactly. Good. You know, it's it's the same thing for anything. Like it's not just your program, but like even when I'm selling the Drift League, we have, a 2020 deck for the drift league and all about the series. And cause when I approach someone and I'm like, Hey, would you like to be involved with the drift league? They're like, well, what's that? <laughs> you know, I better have some good information for them, you know, verbally and something that they can review at their desk when they're talking to their boss about getting budget approved. Yeah. So oh, that's kind of with that, what it's about with that. Yeah. Um, so are there anything that we can get any information that we can use other than being like the drift league has 600 followers, whatever your number is, um, to kind of like show like, Hey, this is the platform we're on. This is where our stuff is shared like because you've shared every, yeah, the gamer, yeah, stats. exactly. Not necessarily metrics because I think that's going to go away soon with Instagram. So everybody who's, you know, banking off of high Instagram, uh, followers is going to have to come up with like a real life scenario of how they're going to help their client, their, uh, sponsors. So, but to like, how are we shit that defeats my whole, forget it. Never mind that question. I just got, <laughs> I answered my own, I answered my own question. Sorry. It's all good. All right. Uh, thank you, Ruthina. You have a good night. Yeah. Thanks for having me on again. I'm glad that the podcast lives on and that I you know. decided to keep it. Yeah. So, so, sorry about that. Good thing. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's all good, man. All right. Thank you. You have a good all night. All right. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye.